This is Bulls Beat on the Unlimited Unloaded page. So much to get to. We do not do a show on Monday or Wednesday. As the schedule says, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday during the summer, unless events don't really warrant doing a show. And then all of a sudden, really starting Tuesday afternoon, and then boom, 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 a lot of events warranted doing a show. We've got so much information to pass along to you. Big news when it comes to the Hall of Fame class growing by three. We'll give you full details on that. We also have coaching news aplenty with the women's golf leader, Erica Brennan, who will be joining the show soon, if not for Monday's show, then soon. I actually would bank on it being for Monday's show. We also have news when it comes to the additions to the men's basketball staff, to the volleyball staff, a very cool addition there. The kickoff luncheon for this upcoming football season is set. We got some scoop for you on the upcoming Get Ready For Them player interviews, a.k.a. the photo shoot for football. That'll be when the fall season, to me anyway, really starts to get going as far as from a work perspective, and I mean that in a good way. We got an update on how the former USF women's basketball players are doing in the Eurobasket tournament. One particular player's team is doing great. And in our second segment, as I hinted on Twitter on Thursday night, a lot of transfers for softball and for women's lacrosse. It is amazing how many individuals are coming to Tampa for a team that's not going to start playing until a couple of seasons from now. So some future bowls to pass along to you. We've got some interesting schedule intel on volleyball. I could do a five-minute preamble on all the stuff we're going to talk about, but why don't we just start talking about it? And let's begin with the Hall of Fame. The next class for the USF Athletics Hall of Fame was announced on Wednesday. And as a soccer fan, I was a big fan of this class. As a matter of fact, one from both the men's and women's programs, two individuals I'm very familiar with, one that I was less familiar with, but from women's golf. We'll start off with her before we get to the soccer individuals, Kelly Lagardros. She played in the late 90s, 1997 through 2001. She was a pretty good player and is the first women's golfer inducted into the USF Athletics Hall of Fame. And why not? If you look at what she achieved, she won two NCAA regional tournaments. We just had the team of Erica Brennan make the NCAA tournament for the school for the first time since 2012. Well, Melanie Green, one of the top players on the team, in fact, the leading scorer, had advanced as an individual to the NCAAs two years ago. Well, Lagardos won two NCAA regional titles herself, of course, qualifying for the NCAA championships. That was in 1998 and 1999, a first-team All-American. She was part of the Conference USA All-Decade team. Of course, she was the player of the year in the conference a couple of times. So she is the first women's golfer into the Hall of Fame before we get into the soccer individuals. Just it's something that never went away after the first class was inducted in 2009. But Michael Kelly wanted to bring it back on a regular basis. In other words, three new individuals. It was kind of, I want to say haphazard, but well, that's kind of how it was because one year, for example, five were inducted. 2009 was a pretty good one with Charlie Bradley along with the national champion swimming team back when there was swimming at USF in Division II. They won it in 1985. Pretty good year in 2012. Leroy Selman, Jessica Dixon, and Chucky Atkins. Then after 2013, it went away. 
There was no new class until Michael Kelly got on the scene. 2019, George Selvey, Shantia Grace, Sarah Nevins. Then 2020, it was Matthew O'Neill from track and field, Jeff Davis from tennis, Courtney Williams, women's basketball. Nothing in 21 due to the pandemic. Then last year, Quentin Flowers, Paul Griffin, and Erica Berger, and again, three are being inducted. That's sort of the stated goal for Mr. Kelly every year. So joining Kelly Lagardros are Jeff Antonella and Evelyn Vienne. Jeff Antonella from the men's soccer program 2007 through 2010. He was the leader in the net as they got to the Elite Eight, and he posted a shutout against UCF in the game that the Bulls won in overtime that year. He was an All-American in 2009. He's from Clearwater. They won the Big East Championship with Jeff being there. Man, he started in 61 games with 28 shutouts, which is unbelievable. 12 shutouts in 2008. And get this, in his three years, he never lost a home game. The Bulls had a 32-match home unbeaten streak, which at the time was the third longest in NCAA history. He'd get drafted in the MLS, but never started off there. He actually signed with the re-up of the Rowdies franchise, FC Tampa Bay, and he was on that championship team. In fact, I remember it. This was back when the league, and they scrapped this pretty quickly, went with the aggregate championship. In other words, you played championship. In other words, they played home and away against Minnesota. They had lost by two goals, so they had to win at Al Lang by two goals at least, and they got a 4-2 win, and that took it to overtime, and eventually... Mr. Atzanella stopped three penalty kicks in the shootout for the championship. It was quite something. It got him noticed back by the MLS. He played nearly 30 games for Real Salt Lake. They made it to the championship in 2013, so the very next season. Got picked up in the expansion draft by Minnesota. They sent him right to Portland, where all he did was build himself a fantastic career. 52 appearances, including a Western title spot in the championship game in 2018. Now, he writes children's books that focus on sports moments. He is something else and a great ambassador for USF at that, Jeff Atanella. And finally, someone who is up for it on the first ballot and had to be a Hall of Famer. They didn't waste time. Evelyn Vienne. She is the all-time leading scorer by a bunch when it comes to women's soccer. Oh, incidentally, she is also, along with Lagadrost, a first inductee from her sport. And again, it was going to have to be not only Evelyn Vienne becoming a Hall of Famer, but on the first chance. Vienne, 73 career goals. Sarah Norby is second with 40 which is really good, by the way. I'm not discounting her, but it just shows you what VN had going on. Her top season was the top season in program history. The year they made it to the Sweet 16 for the first time I was there. The game against Washington in Tallahassee in 2019. She scored 25 goals. She had both goals in that game. If you go back to the conference tournament and, of course, the hat trick against the Florida Gators in the first round when the Bulls mysteriously had to play on the road, she had nine goals in the postseason. Nine goals just in the playoffs. That was more than the leading score for the Bulls this year, for the whole year. And for a handful of other seasons, you could say that. So stay tuned. We'll definitely be replaying this weekend that win over Washington from the NCAA tournament a couple years back. Just to repeat our June schedule during the day, we've been playing back some of the best games from 2022-23 a football classic each night. Then weekends, we just stick to the classics. We basically replay the same 
football games from the week in case you missed them or want to hear them again. And then we'll mix in some other sports and certainly women's soccer. That was a classic. While I'm thinking of, before we get back to the show, first of all, a new classic that's never been replayed. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's never been replayed. I put it together. It's the 2005 football win against Rutgers, the Andre Hall versus Ray Rice show where the Bulls had six turnovers forced on defense, and they needed them. They saw a three-touchdown lead get cut to six, and Rutgers had the ball twice there in the fourth quarter. Greg Schiano had him fired up there in Piscataway. The Knights were 6-2, and two, and the Bulls were 3-3 three and three and hadn't played in a few weeks due to a hurricane. So, yeah, it was a pretty big win because it propelled them to their first bowl season in 2005. Now, if you're tuning in tonight, we will go ahead and tell you that there were spots in the game. You could tell it was recorded off, not to get too technical here, but off the air feed. So maybe it was raining back in Tampa. There were a couple of stretches in the game for about five, sometimes ten minutes, where it sounded like you were listening to an AM radio game where there was some weather going on. But it's definitely worth listening back to on a Friday night. And if you can on a Friday night, you know, you might have stuff going on on a Friday we will replay it a couple times this weekend and sort of put it in the rotation of classic football games. And speaking of that, we're going to have, beginning in July, we're going to shift from playing the best games from the past season to playing Bulls Unlimited era classics, meaning in all sports. Six years we've been doing it now. We're about to enter year number seven. So games that we've aired on the station from all the sports, meaning football, basketball, soccer, volleyball, baseball and softball from the past seven seasons, some that we replayed back at the time but haven't touched in the last few years, and there are plenty to pick from. The CBI run for men's basketball still stands out because they should have lost their first game to Stony Brook. <laughs> it was the biggest comeback in school history and ended up being such a big turnaround for the team. So anyway, that's the programming schedule. Back to Evelyn Vienne and the Hall of Fame. Obviously, we will get more details, but it'll be in and around the November 11th football game against Temple. They'll be honored at halftime of that game, but there will actually be an induction ceremony, obviously, with speeches for everybody, and it's an event that Bulls fans will be able to attend in person. Let's continue on that note. The USF football kickoff luncheon. It'll be at Armature Works. The date is set August the 11th. That is a Friday from 11 to 1. The gathering space right there in the middle of everything. Alex Golish will be speaking. So will Michael Kelly, of course, members of the football team will be there. Attendees will be seated with USF football players at your table. And if you want to get a table for eight, $500 for that. Individual tickets, $85. As a benefit of being a season ticket member, you get special discounts if you want to call and ask about it. 1-800-GO-BULLS or you can head to GoUSFBulls.com and there is a link where it says registration for the event is online. You can go right there. In fact, as I'm talking about it, I'm going to click that link right now. It's going to take me to Ticketmaster. Oh yeah, my account information has not been updated for a while, so we'll just move on. That date is August the 11th. Here's a couple other dates for you. July 19th and 20th, those are the days for the photo shoots and video shoots for football. Offense will be one day, defense the other day. Why am I telling you that? No, you can't participate. You can't attend in person, but I will be posted up. So will Joey Johnston for some work for GoUSFBulls.com. But I've already gotten the invite specifically to sit down with what will probably be a couple dozen even more football players and we'll have those interviews for you here exclusively on Bulls Beat. So yes, it's kind of light during the summer, but 
specifically late in July as we get into the actual season and we'll return to a daily schedule in August. You're going to hear a ton of those interviews, and that's something to just bookmark for you. And about a month from today is when it'll really pick back up. And, of course, the other fall sports, soccer and volleyball, will have their photo shoots as well. we got news on a lot of sports. New student athletes being added via the transfer portal for the Bulls. All that stuff we talked about at the beginning of the show, we're about to pay off in part two of the show. This is Bulls Beat on the Unlimited Unloaded page. Also in July, specifically July 1st, we'll bring back Around the American and we will start to look at officially the new American Athletic Conference. But if anything comes up between now and the start of July when it pertains to the Bulls, we'll pass it along to you and we can do so And I got to admit, I haven't been keeping an eye on the schedule releases for everybody in the fall sports, but there had been a few, and again, I didn't notice them, in volleyball. And then on Wednesday, it happened to be on Twitter when Memphis put out its volleyball schedule. And by the way, I follow all of the American teams on Twitter. If you're a big Twitter list person, or even if you're a small Twitter list person, and you want to subscribe to my American conference list, yeah, that is basically the Twitter feeds for every single team in every single sport. And I guess I'll have to erase UCF, Houston, and Cincinnati and add North Texas, Rice, UTSA, FAU, UAB, and Charlotte. And that might take me an hour or so because I get a lot of new teams. But when it comes to the Memphis volleyball schedule, it hit me, oh yeah, let me look and see if there's any sort of hint about how the schedule is going to break down when it comes to the conference this year. And there's more than a little hint. It is pretty notable. Now, not every sport is going to be like this because, simply put, not all of the incoming schools and, frankly, some of the established American schools play every sport that the Bulls play. But volleyball is one where you're going to have a full 14-member conference, and that's just too many to play everybody twice, which has been the rotation for volleyball, well, since the American came around. So a quick glance at the Memphis schedule shows something that looks a little unusual, and I have confirmed will be the case for the Bulls and everybody else in the conference. You can see that a couple of the opponents, they play twice. Doesn't take much to figure out that those are going to be your divisional opponents. So the Bulls are going to be in the division with, obviously, the easternmost schools. So FAU, UAB, East Carolina, yes, Memphis, along with Charlotte and Temple. The West Division simply will be your four Texas teams, along with Tulsa, Wichita, and Tulane. And that was the question to me. And who knows if there'll be divisions in other sports and where the geographical midway point will be. But If you actually look at it, New Orleans and Memphis are basically right in the middle. And Tulane is technically a little bit east of Memphis. If you didn't know, Memphis is West Tennessee. Memphis is basically in Arkansas, just divided by the Mississippi River. So for volleyball anyway, Memphis will be considered an east team, Tulane a west team. And as far as how does that impact the Bulls, let me tell you, the Bulls have a chance. We will assume, even though none of this has been announced, If you're going to have divisions, you're going to set it up for a conference tournament. The American did away with the conference tournament last year, and in my opinion, and I said this plenty on the show, it wasn't a good thing because you had two dominant teams, UCF and Houston, and really with no conference tournament, there's not a chance for a third team to get in. Well, those two dominant teams are gone. The best returning teams from the American are SMU, West Division, Wichita State, West Division, 
And if you drop down to the fifth best team from last year, that'd be Tulsa, also in the West Division. And if you look at the Conference USA last year, it had two teams in the top 100. Both actually were in the top 25. Western Kentucky, which is not coming into the American, and the other would be Rice, West Division. Hey, I'm not making any predictions, but I'm just saying it could be a conference tournament qualifying USF volleyball team if things go right. There's a lot more time to talk about volleyball, but we can already, in addition to saying the beginning of the season is going to be really cool as they take part in the event at Amelie Arena playing against former Bulls standout and teammate of head coach Jolene Shepardson, Michelle Collier's Georgia Tech team, and then playing the Gators at Yingling Center the next day. But the Bulls apparently will play everybody in their division twice. And worth noting, since we're talking about 12 different just divisional matchups alone, this makes sense. You're going to play the same team twice in the same city. And obviously, I'm guessing anyway, that'll alternate each year. So you will play 12 divisional matchups, but it'll be three teams coming to your place twice each, and then three cities you go to twice each. And then the other division, you will play one match against each of the seven teams. However, that works out. It adds up to 19 conference matchups, which is obviously not that far from the 20 over the past several years. Somebody that obviously dabbles more than dabbles, kind of devotes a lot of time to this, runs the Twitter account NCAA VB Scores, confirmed my suspicions about looks like divisions, etc., and actually shared a pretty impressive file with me, a working schedule of every non-power conference volleyball team, and he or she does have a couple of the Bulls' non-conference schedules. In fact, tournaments. The volleyball schedule is pretty much the same for everybody. Your first four weekends, you play in multi-team events, and apparently the Bulls will be headed to South Dakota and to UNF, and that second weekend is open, so I'm guessing the Bulls will be hosting an event, but we won't guess. We'll tell you when we know more. There's more volleyball to tell you about here. Namely, a big-time addition to the coaching staff of Jolene Shepardson, a basically volleyball-playing star. This is going to be exciting. In fact, I know someone, I'm not going to embarrass her, uh, someone that works for one of the teams who is from Brazil, knows a lot about this individual, and she's like, this is a big deal. Leandro Visoto is a new assistant coach for Jolene Shepardson, a four-time world champion volleyball player from Brazil. That means you know what you're talking about. Jolene says Leandro Visoto is an exceptional addition to our talented staff. Plain and simple, he is a proven winner. His character and spirit have repeatedly contributed to the successes of both his established and inexperienced teams. I believe he will have an important impact on the USF players and demonstrating both faith and determination through our growing process. He played for Brazilian national team. They won the silver medal at the 08 Beijing Olympics and a gold at the 2010 World Championship. So I'll make it a priority to interview Jolene Shepardson over the next couple of weeks, get some intel on the incoming players. And oh, by the way, the New Beach volleyball coach is also from Brazil, so there's a little bit of Brazilian influence on the squad. Now, if you saw me say on Twitter Thursday night, did some research on the incoming Bulls when it comes to many sports, and let's get right to it. Starting off with the transfers for women's lacrosse, and I'm fascinated by this because lacrosse doesn't start playing until 2025, and that won't be a full official 
conference division one type schedule, even though I'm sure they'll play plenty of those types of teams. So to get folks added to your roster that only have one year left of eligibility left that are grad students, basically, well, that's pretty impressive to me. And she has one of those in the form of Juliana George. She was VCU's leading scorer. She has played a full four-year career already, scored more than 100 goals. She is now a USF Bull. And I saw some mic'd up stuff from her at VCU's practices. She is a character. That is some sort of cool addition. Now, this is in addition, by the way, to the more than 20 freshmen who, if you go to GoUSFBulls.com, were previously announced on a national signing day that are actually on their roster. And now they add some more experienced players. Lucy Hankins, who as a freshman played for Butler last year. She's from Virginia obviously lacrosse country. Can you say lacrosse country or is that confusing you with the sport of cross country? You know what I'm trying to say. She is from Jacksonville, played as a freshman for Clemson last year and merely was their third leading scorer. Sophia Chepenik, she is coming here. Also a draw specialist. And if you didn't know, and I certainly didn't know until Mindy McCord pointed it out, draws are pretty important. They're like face-offs and they happen after every goal. It's I would have assumed the team that scores the goal has to go on defense. Nope. Go right to the center and you have a draw. So Megan Halchik apparently is a specialist. She did that for Maryland, Baltimore County. She's a future bull. Morgan Zimmerman transferred from Colorado. And Maggie Newton, who scored 85 goals in two seasons playing at Mercyhurst, is coming to the Bulls. While we're at it, softball has added Missouri's Maddie Snyder, someone who only had two at-bats her first year, but then started 34 games last year, drove in 19, 10 stolen bases for a Missouri team that only went 7-17 and in the SEC, but that was enough to get into the NCAA tournament because they beat basically everybody else. They had the misfortune of being sent to Norman, Oklahoma, so that's where their season ended, but experience there. How about this name, Bailey Drapola. She is from Pitt. In high school, she hit 655 with 40 homers and 111 RBI over her career. She started off at Akron in the shortened 20 season, hit nearly 350. Didn't do much her first two seasons at Pitt, but then last year, hit 288 with 11 homers and 30 RBI. She is coming to USF. Track and field announces a variety of additions, some transfers, some high school freshmen, including two from the same school, American Heritage, down in Plantation, Sydney Studsville and Gianna Hansen. 800 meters and hurdlers, respectively. A transfer from Bethune-Cookman, a high jumper, Molly Jean-Baptiste, added to the women's roster. A JUCO national champion two-time added to the roster. Antonio Seeley, originally from Trinidad and Tobago. Iowa Western is where she started off. And again, won national championships in the Javelin. Also, Shamari Pettigrew, who is a sprinter, joins the Bulls. Pretty exciting stuff. And then from women's soccer, someone who has played for the Welsh national team, oft injured at Oklahoma State, Peyton Vincy is now a Bull. Peyton Felton, who is from conference rival Memphis, also recently added to the Bulls roster. Hopefully you've been following along with Amir Abdurrahim's tweets. Really great idea and well done videos from at Sunset Amir where he essentially interviews his players, getting to know them a little bit. Chris Youngblood, who is the standout guard for Kennesaw State. 
brings the music soundtrack, apparently some old school R&B. He also brings a very impressive physique, by the way. He does not look like a guard. He looks like a linebacker. And you could just tell there's some serious camaraderie going on. And the reason they looked all jacked up is because that's what they're doing right now. This is off-season conditioning, summer workouts, meaning you don't get to do so much fun basketball stuff. You get to get in shape. And again, I would follow at Sunset Amir to watch those videos. Those are fun to keep an eye on. And I'm making it a point to get over to the MUMA to see who I can talk to. There's new players. We might wait until the photo shoot to get the bulk of those. But definitely a lot of new members of the staff. The one that was most recently announced is their new director of video and scouting, Donovan Williams. Worked last year at Presbyterian College. He is from Columbus, Georgia, so another Georgia area area hire for coach Abdul Rahim. Actually was an assistant coach most recently, so this is a different role for him. Although, believe me, video and scouting, yeah, you're a coach. Remember the Longwood team that two years ago made its first NCAA tournament? He was an assistant coach with that team. Before that, spent time in the Ivy League at Cornell and Princeton. A lot of prestigious academic institutions, Lafayette and Georgia Tech, before that as well. Also, women's basketball, we said Three former Bulls are playing in the Eurobasket tournament. A big deal. And how about Betty Manunga and Belgium? They have been rolling through this event. They were 3-0 in pool play. And in the quarterfinals, which began on Thursday, it was not close. Belgium over Serbia, 93-53. As for Betty, she's not a starter on this team, but she comes off the bench and gives them some no surprise rebounding. She had six boards. I'm telling you, Emma Messiman, who is a WNBA veteran, has been a star in this situation. She actually had a triple-double in the quarterfinals. The semis are Saturday, Belgium against France, Spain against Hungary, and the finals are Sunday. Interestingly enough, Latvia and Kitty Aloxa with that upset we told you about of Spain in their first game, you would have assumed would have made it to the quarterfinals, but that was their only win in pool play. Spain actually went 2-1, and one, and the other bull, Elena Chenecki's Greece team, only won one game in that same pool. So Greece and Latvia were eliminated, but Belgium has not been defeated as of yet. We talked about Erica Brennan getting a contract extension. We'll talk more about it when we actually speak with her. We'll schedule an interview maybe, as I said, for Monday's show, but certainly wanted to point it out even though it was back on Tuesday when the news officially came down. We did not do a show on Wednesday, so just to make it official on Bulls Beat, it's certainly worth noting a contract extension through the 25-26 season. Coach Brennan just finished up her sixth year. I'm sure it's something that Michael Kelly will want to talk to me about along with the Hall of Fame inductees, along with a bunch of things that are happening. It has been a while, but that doesn't matter. It's coming back. We are going to record Bull Speed Ahead with Michael Kelly. We are going to tape a new show on Thursday, so get ready for that next Friday. And we'll finish up with this note. Georgina Corrick, no shocker, but definitely wanted to mention this as well, is a member of the Great Britain national team, has been picked to pitch, and I'm sure she'll pitch plenty, in the upcoming World Cup pool play portion. It's a pretty deep pool that they're in. Great Britain is with number one, USA, number three, Chinese Taipei, among others. How respected is Georgina Korik? The UCF website, which is, of course, speaking about their own player, Katie Burge, being part of the Great Britain national team, mentioned some of the other members of the team. And the first one they say is South Florida alum Georgina Korik. 
That will be, by the way, in Ireland. If you want more details on it, head up the website, GoUSFBulls.com. And actually, one more note in this final airing of Bulls Beat on a Friday morning. As this morning, baseball announced the transfer edition of Peyton Jula. He is originally from Sarasota. Cardinal Mooney High School pitched for Austin P. up in Ohio the last four seasons, so he'll spend his COVID year with the Bulls through about 150 innings in those four years. Coming up next, three of the best games of 2022-23, and I mean three of the best games. The conference tournament baseball win against East Carolina, speaking of baseball. The NCAA tournament win, great home crowd for men's soccer against Hofstra. And men's basketball at home, taking down UCF. Then tonight at 7, it's that 2005 football game. First time we'll air it here on Bulls Unlimited at Rutgers. Have a safe weekend. Talk to you guys on Monday. Horns up.